Hey, you listening to this podcast right now. Did you ever think, man, there's so many kick-ass market research podcasts. I wish there was some sort of an award for them so I could vote for my favorite. Well, you're in luck. In partnership with Greenbook, Little Bird Marketing is excited, well, actually ecstatic, to announce the first ever annual Market Research Podcast Award. Nominate your favorite Insights Industry podcast from now until February 15th. From February 16th until March 31st, vote for your favorite podcast in the Insights Industry and bestow upon them the title of MR Podcast of the Year. Don't forget, Submissions are due for nomination by February 15th, and the winner will be announced on April 15th at Greenbook's IIEX North America in Austin, Texas. Visit littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We listen to our audience and based on the abundance of requests from our podcast family, this episode centers around sales in the market research space. In order to get a well-rounded picture of what it takes to be successful in sales, I called on three extremely successful colleagues who consistently nail it when it comes to their sales jobs in MR. They're going to share tips, insights, and mindsets really that have helped them and will help you too. You're going to hear from Noelle Emmons. She is the sales director at Ramesh. You're going to hear from Dinah Bowen, the chief customer officer at Servada. And while that's her title now, she came up in sales and has done so much sales direction and direct sales <laughs> herself as well, being involved in the sales even of a company because of the success of her sales. So you're going to love that. Also, she happens to really rock the jeans, high heels, t-shirt, and blazer look at work every day. So there's something else to appreciate there. And last but not least, Tacey Avedikian. She's a great friend of mine. I've known all of these gals through Women in Research, but Tacey has a new title. She is now the Senior Director of Client Development at Innovate MR. No matter where she's been, she is known for giving truly white glove treatment to her clients in the sale of sample. And so you're going to hear from her about what it takes to truly be a superstar in sales. Be sure to check out the show notes so you can follow all of these three thought leaders on LinkedIn and wherever you may be blessed enough to meet up with them. I am so excited to have one of my fellow women in research gals with me. Noel Emmons has joined the show. Thanks for coming, Noel. Thank you. It's awesome to talk to one of my girls. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I love these kind of chats. It's a sisterhood. Well, I thought of you immediately um, when we were talking about having a little mini show about sales. So just a little bit about Noel. She is a very experienced sales and operations director. It just comes out immediately that she has a passion for delivering work world-class client service. And let me tell you, that is something that is hard to do in this very fast-paced and, and really rapidly changing uh, industry. So hats off to you, Noelle. You 
are very respected amongst your colleagues. Oh, thank you. Well, we had this conversation with a couple of people, kind of a late night around the, you know, uh, around a great glass of wine about, you know, what is really going on in sales? And it's not just about the market research industry, but what really is a sales director to do at this day and age? And so I thought I'd just throw a couple of questions for you. We're not really going to necessarily solve anything today in the podcast, but I think it's great as with everything we do, even in women in research, we share some of our problems, we share some of our challenges. And I think it'd be great to start hearing, you know, what is it that you're facing? What is your sales team great at? You know, what are, where are they challenged? And then we're going to come back to another episode and really hear all the best things that are happening in terms of, hey, here's some, we're going to let, let a couple of people speak into it. And I'm going to let you speak with your experience into some other challenges that other people are facing. And I think together, we're going to make something cool with this podcast and, and help everybody just take whatever it is they're doing up one step. So, so thanks for volunteering. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> awesome. Well, as sales director at, at Remesh, tell me, what is your day-to-day? What, what's going on every day you walk into your office? So I lead or oversee some of our key strategic um, market research accounts um, and relationships. So I kind of walk in every day really trying to be hyper-focused on um, you know what's going on within each of those accounts. What are the, the challenges they're sort of facing? How can I... Um, you know, how can I address those Mm -hmm. and really, um, really be a relationship partner and, you know, step away from some of those like, oh, my God, it's Q4 and we need to get like (laughs) this thing done for, (laughs) you know. Yeah. (laughs) Putting putting people's hair on fire. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, now you have, are, are you guys over 100 people yet? Uh, I think um, that's about there. Pretty close, yeah. pretty close, yeah. right? Okay. So that kind of gives people a scope of that, like what you're walking into. So with Remesh being that size, you've got some significant clients, some pretty large uh, companies that you're dealing with, but yeah. you are faced in some ways with some equally wicked challenges. There can be some pretty hard things on your desk then in the morning. What What's one of your go-tos? Like, how do you kind of fall back and assess a situation? What, what's, what's some of your default mode that you find most helpful to address customers' needs? Yeah, I think just asking questions. And this is kind of the, like, sales 101, right? Like, you're building relationships, you need to ask questions. But I think we do get lost and pull away from that sometimes. Um, so I, I think when... I'm assessing, you know, what's going on with an account or my day to day. Um, I try to come back to, you know, that relationship. Mm -hmm. And what do I need to ask the, you know, my my client to really get around the problem? Because a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, our their end clients are compressed on timelines. They're trying to get, you know, test an ad ad or new product concept and oh my gosh, we need this. But really, what's the deeper thing happening? Okay, they're they're beholden to their stakeholders and they're beholden to their stakeholders and there's something going on internally. So sometimes um, it's really just assessing, picking up the phone right, (laughs) um, and getting on that call and trying to talk through the bigger picture. So really backtracking a bit. And I think there was a fear of reactiveness that a lot of times we can fall back on in just being reactive and and how we address, yeah. Rather than just being candid and and vulnerable and say, <laughs> "Hey, you know, hey, quiet, like, help me understand this. Like, can we back up a minute?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I think that's a lot of it. And then really just working through 
with our, you know, our product and really helping frame up, can our product really help solve this? Are we the right people to do that? And, you know, going through that kind of cadence of questions. But Right, right. Well, there's some curiosity, and I think you're really good at doing that. That's a blend of maybe curiosity and candidness. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what I'm hearing from you is um, that really, in your experience, the, the problem the customer initially kind of presents is not always the actual problem. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Maybe it's easy to say, oh, we're on a time crunch or I need this fast. But is that really true? Do they really need it fast or are they just checking in with you? Now you have a SaaS product. So talk to me a little bit about that. How is how is that different? Because you guys have a, a pretty big spectrum of different services. So are some of the, the different products that different customers are using creating different client challenges for you to deal with? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think in this like new age of, of tech and this kind of evolution of there used to be like, I feel like very two very clear lanes of like qual and quant and what were the methodologies that align, you know, you do a quant <laughs> survey or you do a qual focus group. And now we have all these tools and there's kind of these hybrid methodologies and then client demands that are traditional or maybe moving towards the more innovative. And so I think, I think some of the challenges we face are the common questions, you know, well, where does this tool and this new methodology fit? So it's really having to go way beyond like, this is what our tool does. And it's so, you know, it's so great. And it is, but, Mm -hmm. but really beyond that to really helping them framework like their ecosystem of tools and their product set to really think about how does this help differentiate? How does this help and answer their client questions and really give them some clear case studies and use cases and even be like a co-partner in some of these these client conversations they're having with their, you know, their large end clients so that they can frame up a very consultative programmatic sort of relationship with their end client um, rather than just trying to figure out what tool fits a specific research question. Right. That's really interesting. I had not really thought about that because gone are the days. Number one, what you mentioned, oh, it's very clearly qual or quant. That's true. But I love the nuance that you just said. I don't think I'd thought about it before. The idea that your your client now has many tools that they're using. You know, this it's mm-hmm. also gone are the days where, oh, this is our one platform or our one tool or a one way that someone uses our SaaS product. People really are, are adapting technology for their needs. And so I love this idea that you're saying that as a sales uh, director, you're really having to come in and collaborate in an interesting way. Right. That's, that's an interesting sales role. So, uh, you know, because that really is a lot of, you know, deeper consulting, but I like the way you put it in terms of partnership. So that's your day to day in the office. And I, I think there's a lot that we can unpack in there. I love the curiosity and and really the, the the slowing down and listening. And you say that's really obvious, but you are right. Sometimes the most obvious things are the harder hardest things for us to do. Step back and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to react in this moment or be afraid that maybe this is all going south. I'm going to take a step back and ask. But let me ask you one last question about what this means for you as a salesperson in terms of how you choose which conferences to attend or, you know, how much you need to get in front of the customer. So talk now a little bit outside your office. What what kinds of things are you doing out in the field or out in the industry? Yeah. So I think conferences obviously play a huge part of this because really having to be a more partner relationship, you know, consultative, all those um, relationship sort of keywords, I right. think it, um, it, 
it puts the onus on us to get out to these conferences and understand and really hear what are the challenges our clients are facing, what are the topics they're really diving into, um, what are the, t- the tools they're using and, and strategies they're, you know, putting their investments behind um, to help service their clients. Uh, because we have to, as salespeople, like we have to know the landscape. Um, as kind of referring back to my comment earlier, it's just, it's, there's like so much more mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right now. Right. I think I mean, we can go down this road, but with, you know, big data and social, there's just like so many components that all tie together. We just can't like work in a silo. So we have to attend these conferences and workshops and, things that the industry provides, I think, to really help us gain knowledge and be able to better better communicate um, their clients and better understand where we fit um, in the landscape. So yeah, I think those those sort of events play a, a huge role. And I have tried to step up my game and just, um, you know, <laughs> attending these kind of podcast series or listening um, to them, because I think that's also like, just from an efficiency productive sort of perspective, you know, we all have a ton of our plates. Like, you know, a 10 minute podcast is something you can learn a lot from. Um, And it offers some relationship building, I think, when, you know, it's a small industry at the end of the day. Like, we we all can kind of find connections that way as well. Yeah, I definitely, if you know who else is facing some of your same challenges, then you can reach out and really help each other out. And I think that's the ethos. That's how you and I met, you know, being now for many years in, in women in research and just, trying really hard to collaborate and, and be honest. And, and of course, we all have our own goals within our own companies. And maybe there's some things that we can't, you know, speak, uh, you know, directly, you know, about in public. But I do think as colleagues, there are a lot of um, ways that we can help each other maybe um, think differently about a, a, a problem. And I, I see that happen a lot when a lot of us gals get together and start talking about wicked challenges we're facing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me wrap this up with um, a, a hearing a little bit about your advice when it comes to really the brand remesh and and how you guys are are different in the market and and your perspective really from remesh not from somebody who'd be on your marketing team but really from you being in the sales position so for those of you who don't know remesh it's an actual uh, platform and it is powered by AI but it is really delivering the ability to understand the audience in real time so I want to preface this question I have with that under understanding. Because, you know, in the field, we hear constantly that the challenges are, you know, time and money. Okay. So everybody like always (laughs) shouting that. So because your platform in a lot of ways solves the number one issue, which is can you get me the answer fast? Yes, Remesh can get you the answer fast. But even though you can, people are still coming to you with challenges. As the sales director at Remesh specifically, what is the typical question you're being asked? What is the typical problem that people are having? Yeah, I think the the challenge is well, where where do I use it? And what and what research question? Like everything is needed fast, um, but when I'm looking amongst my toolset, how do I know you know when to use Remesh? And so and so that's the kind of the challenge we have to work through, and kind of goes back to that that really listening to understand the ultimate relationship and research question and problem they're trying they're trying to solve. Right. And you can't get there if you're not listening. So, and that is one of, one of your best traits, Noelle. You're a very good listener. <laughs> I'm sure you hear that a lot though. 
<laughs> I I hope so. I don't know if my family would agree. <laughs> oh, well, I believe it. I, I've seen you in action quite a bit. Thanks for coming on so much and giving us a little bit of this is tiny snack bite insight into what your day-to-day is as a sales director in the market research world. And and certainly, let's have you on and let's talk about really remesh more in, in depth another time. That would be awesome. Thanks so much, Priscilla. I appreciate it. So, Dinah, welcome back to Ponderings from the Perch. Thanks, Priscilla. Thanks for having me back. I'll always have you back, Dinah. <laughs> also, I appreciate the awesome uh, meetup we had in San Francisco recently. It's super awesome having not only colleagues but friends out there. Well, I'm, I always love to see you, and I just appreciate you Let me know you were here. <laughs> well, you know, we're probably just always good for a glass of wine and a good chat. For sure. <laughs> well, awesome. I asked you to come on today because we're talking about sales and the sales role in Insights Marketing, but I thought you really have a unique perspective that you could offer that is a little bit different from other people that I'm interviewing on this episode because you have so much experience in sales and sales leadership. Really, almost your entire career has been in that but you've had an interesting career change. And so I wanted to talk with you first a little bit about the sales background that you have. And if I could, I'm just going to give you a chance to really talk about how that's morphed and where you're going at Servada. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. I love it. Well, you come from such a big tech startup background, and sales is obviously always looming. (laughs) Um, You know, revenue, revenue, revenue. And so tell me about a day in the life when you were really, um, you know, everything that you did was sales and building sales teams. What was on your plate day to day? Yeah, I mean, I think I start the day every day with, you know, when you're in a sales role, you start the day every day with what's what's the number that you're gunning for to grow the business, right? Because usually, usually that's the thing that you're on the hook for to help drive the success of the company. And so a lot of times I would be starting with what what are the goals and what do I need to do today to, to sort of advance the ball down the field? But, you know, every day I think about am I spending my time the right way to move things forward for the business. Um, but more than anything, to me, it's about are you helping your customers? Are you helping your customers succeed? And sales to me isn't just about getting the sale. Yes, that is a, a part of business, right? But I'm more focused on it for the long-term relationships of solving solving problems for customers and helping customers build their brand, whether that be through technology or through the insights that that you're delivering to them. Well, having gone through several merges, several um, buyouts, um, uh, successfully selling companies that you've co-founded and all the like, obviously, it does just show that you have been about helping people because you can't have that tremendous amount of success, you know, back to back without really, like you say, building those relationships because it is a small niche industry. And, you know, when you set a reputation, people hear Dinah Bowen, and I'm just going to tell you right now, they're like, wow, that's that's a class act. That's someone who, you know, who comes through. And it's not to say that you haven't had a lot of really hard challenges. So tell me, just share maybe be one or two, like what you would consider those uh, sales war wounds or why it is that you're so good at helping, you know, younger people and developing teams in sales from your experience, some of the hardest things you've done in sales? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I will say that some of the hardest things that I've done are just building, you know, a lot of times it's just 
getting in the door at big brands, winning that first project, and you have to win in, in the research industry, you have to win that first project or that first trial subscription before you ever get to, you know, a million dollar deal with that mm -hmm. customer, right? So a lot of it is about proof points and about showing your value and making sure that you continue to keep the customer's goals in mind and reach those goals for them because good business brings more good business, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, I, I don't think, to me, I don't think there's anything particularly magic about that. It's good follow-up doing what you say you're going to do and making sure you deliver above and beyond what their expectations are that you set, you know, way back at the beginning of the conversation before you ever signed the contract and started working on, on the project or um, delivering that subscription software to them. Um, you know, I, I think about sales and leading sales teams and even, even, building customer and customer relationships. And it really comes back to the team that you work with and the employees that you support. And so a lot of times I'll say, oh, the thing I love most about my job is getting to be a mentor and spending my time mentoring all day. And that's at work and sometimes outside of work with some of the um, wire, wire mentors that I have. And you know, at work, it's about giving back. It's about helping younger salespeople, um, men and women, develop their skills and take them from maybe it's phone sales or maybe it's smaller projects to starting to win bigger projects to starting to understand how you even get approved by procurement and get a master service agreement in place to then looking at multi-year contracts and even thinking that, oh, a multi-year contract is something that's possible and something that you can do. And so, you know, at startups, a lot of times it's about um, building, building your sales one project at a time, but also building your sales team. And that just, just comes down to mentorship and spending time and giving people guidance. And I find that a little bit goes a long way. Well, I have to say, with, with that in mind, you think about how much you have helped so many salespeople come along on their journey. And like you mentioned, when you became the co-founder of the Wire Exec Leadership Summit, I see all of that wound together in what I refer to is a meaningful hustle. You're out there hustling. You work hard. You do that. But man, I never see you not take the time to really talk with someone and to, to ask what does this mean? What should we do here? How, you know, what's the problem we're really trying to solve? And I love those really deep conversations. But I want to talk about one thing you just mentioned and maybe let you elaborate a little bit. And that is the word, the phrase you just used, proof points. And that's not something I've heard before. Help me, help me understand how that is like an anchor for you. You immediately kind of went to it and look, I know this is what I need to do. I know before I, you know, I, I make the statements before with my client, but I know all along the way I'm going to be responsible to coming back to that original idea and showing the proof. Tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way that I think about it is when you're working with customers, right, they, they have their own goals that they have to that they have to hit and they're incentivized by those goals and so um, and a lot of it is around the success of the suppliers that they select and the insights that they're deriving from the software or from the research that that supplier is delivering to them and so you know nobody's going to bet the farm on um, an unproven 
an unproven team member, an unproven salesperson, an unproven brand. And and when you're a startup, you're you're all of those things, right? They they may not be aware of you, so you have to make them aware of you. Who who are you and how are you different and what do you do? Um, and then they're gonna, you know, take a leap of faith that they're gonna try out this new brand or this new company. And so you absolutely have to delight and deliver on those promises. And that, you know, when you say what's the hardest thing that you you've done in sales, the hardest thing is selling an unknown company that nobody has ever heard of, getting people to take a risk on you. And then it's on you to make sure that that customer looks good and that they took the right risk and that they're willing to take that risk again because it's going to help them advance their career. And yet you did that exactly at True Sample at UB Mobile, and now you're doing that at Servata. So obviously you figured something out there, Dinah. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't always been perfect, right? Like there's been things that um, despite trying to control everything, you know, new technology is new technology. And sometimes it just, you have to be really clear when you're, um, when you're testing something together or piloting something together that you're both in it for the learning. So that the expectations are, we're going to learn, we're going to improve, we're going to do it again, and it's going to be better. Uh, versus when you're absolutely confident that your solution has been tested and tried and true, and you know, it's going to give them the results they're they're looking for. That's awesome. Well, I want to end really with kind of where you're at right now, because in this in this episode, we're taking a look at people who come from sales and insights, but your trajectory has gone a different direction. And now you are the chief customer officer at uh, Servata. And I think that's super um, easy to understand now that we know that background and your mindset, because even in all of your sales, your whole bent has been toward, you know, what Chris and I always refer to as the ABHs of selling. And so instead of the ABCs, but the ABH, which is always be helping. And you've always been customer centric. <laughs> and so even in how you help your salespeople, I've seen that it's like, well, getting your salespeople to shift that mindset and say, how can we make this a win uh, for the customer? So tell us a little bit about how your new role has you thinking strategically across the whole company and not just in that vertical department of sales. What, what, where is that customer centricity taking you now? Just kind of stepping back for a minute, you see this trend of of chief customer officers happening in the industry and especially in in startups in the Bay Area, but also in a number of companies uh, where it seems to be a a common theme where businesses are, are wanting to put somebody on the executive team that is in charge of making sure the company is delighting customers. And Uh, when you're in a tech environment, right, you've got a mix of different personalities, you've got um, engineers, you've got data analysts, we've got, um, we've got data scientists, also salespeople and account managers. But to truly be successful as a company, we all need to feel emotionally connected to our customers and to to solving their problems. And sometimes that's really hard when it's not your job to talk to customers every day. So I'm really focused on sort of internal and external, external um, voice of the customer. So as it relates to internal at Servata, 
for those that don't get to talk to customers every day, it's really about bringing the customer voice into the company. So how do I do that? We have a company meeting every Friday. And in that meeting, I'm either pulling a video from a customer we met with that week or some kind of a voice clip from a meeting where we're seeing somebody in our company doing something right with a customer, and we want to call that out. So last Friday was super fun because uh, we had a, a voice clip of a customer awarding us their 2020 business. And it was a really big brand. And it was something that it was a brand that everyone in the company knew that we were working towards. And it didn't happen at the end of Q4. But to start the year with this big win was hugely successful. And we want to make sure that everybody gets to be kind of a fly on the wall in that conversation. Everyone gets to hear that win and why we won and share in that moment. And so that's how we're bringing that you know, inside the inside the company. Um, we're also, we do fireside chats at Servata. So once a month, we bring in um, a customer, usually one of our biggest customers, and we do kind of a um, Q&A style um, conversation with them where we're asking them questions about their career and um, about what they're seeing in the industry. And so we're bringing them right into the office and we do everything for... Um, you know, our headquarters is in San Francisco, but we also have offices in New York and Chicago. And so we do everything on Zoom conference so that everyone can participate and ask questions and be part of that. That, and then the, is, that is crazy. I love that idea of the fireside chat. That's super cool. What else? Yeah, and, and the videos are great because, um, you know, it's one of those things that if somebody's hearing from me uh, all the time what customers are asking for, it gets to be kind of a broken record, right? But when you hear it from an actual customer and they're asking for a particular feature or they're talking about something that's unique and different about Servata, you know, that just... Um, just energizes everyone inside the company to either um, solve the software issue, build the feature, um, be excited about hearing what the industry says is unique about us. Um, and then the other thing we're doing internally is we're building a logo wall um, in our front lobby. And every time we get a new logo, we're putting it up there. But then when customers come in for the fireside chats, we're going to have them sign their, their tile on the oh, logo. Oh, that is super cool. I love that. So I want this takeaway that, to end on because this is one thing I really love about talking with you and talking about Servata, and that is that you guys are practicing what you preach. Here you are in the insights industry. You know, what Servata does is is measures really and optimizes what brands are doing to respond to their consumers. And so some of the pain points of the clients that you have that come to you is the fact that they feel in some way that they're maybe out of touch with their consumer. <laughs> and so they're looking to Servata to make sure that they're listening and that they're they're optimizing what they need to do in order to really serve their customer better. And here we turn around and this is your role at Servata. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so cool. It's, you know, uh, it's a testament to our executive team here that it's, it is that important that we get customer centricity right and that we really delight customers. And um, to, I mean, to that end, probably 
the biggest, most exciting thing that I'm working on right now is the Servata certification program. And, you know, I've been looking to bigger companies that have executed on customer training in a very successful way and using that to model out what's going to be our first customer training um, which we're holding this later this year. And it's going to be not just about um, training people on our software, but how to really interpret the software uh, in ways that is completely new and different and changing um, digital um, digital ad measurement. And so, you know, customers are excited, but they can move quickly with the capabilities that we are giving to them. And so we're really going to be working with them to help them interpret their data and help them optimize on their business decisions. I love that. It is really all about impact in that. Dinah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing just a little bit of your story. I know people really love hearing from you. And if you want to reach Dinah, it's really easy on LinkedIn. And check out what they do at Servata.com. That's S-U-R-V-A-T-A.com. Dinah, I can't wait to see you again. I'll see you soon, Priscilla. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have one of my awesome friends and great colleagues on with us here on Ponderings from the Perch. Talk about a sales pro. You're going to love hearing from her, Tacey Avedikian. She's here with us from Innovate MR. She is the Senior Director of Client Development. And let me tell you, I think we have something to talk about in terms of sales. Welcome, Tacey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to be on Again, I got a little bit of uh, fame the first time, but I'm excited to be back. (laughs) Big time fame. I remember like, um, you know, you and I became friends. And then in one um, funny message you sent to me later on after a big conversation we had, you sent me a picture of us from years before when we didn't actually know each other, but we happened to be standing by each other in a photo. (laughs) Yes, I remember that. Who would have thought? Oh, that totally cracked me up. Well, my uh, audience calls in and, and asks about sales and things like that. And I thought, I have to have Tacey on to talk about radical care of customers. So you have been in the market research space for a long time, and you have been very successful in sales. So tell us your secret sauce. Why do you think you've been so successful? Gosh, uh, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And it's something that I love to talk about. I think with sales, um, what has helped me to be successful uh, is just being authentic I think that when I come to people and we connect or we meet for the first time, just like you and I, um, it's important for me to be myself and not necessarily put my business first. I want to make sure that I'm learning who they are and that they understand who I am. And then, of course, you know, that they understand what it is that I do and what I think that we can do together. But along that path, being able to say that we've created a relationship just beyond um, the service. I think that builds trust and um, a stronger bond that they believe in what I am doing because they know that I believe in what I'm doing. Well, you believe in what you're doing, but also you have proven yourself out to have really a care for their needs. Like it's deeper than just a, you know, a sales call. It's deeper than just let me fulfill this sample order or something like that. And actually, you and I have bumped into um, some of your past clients together at shows. And inevitably, they start raving about just, uh, you know, the level of detail and the level of service that you give. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you see that, you know, changing or, you know, just things you've seen come and go in the market research space specifically about sample because 
it seems like it should be a commodity, but yet you've made it not a commodity. How, how is that? Uh, no, yeah, that's you know a great point. And I think nothing is a commodity. People are going to buy something from somewhere. And if I can make them feel that comfort of buying it from me as um, a partnership and knowing that they're not just purchasing the sample or the research tools, but they're also getting that strategic value and um, working together, I think that's where uh, we, I can make the difference. Yeah, I love that. And now, you know, you're really moving into a role where you're really directing the bigger scope of client development. So what would you say to someone younger coming into the industry right now about how to come in and be successful in sales? Yeah, I encourage anyone that's interested in getting into sales to give it a try. Some people are nervous about it. They're worried about, you know, that confrontation or having to put themselves out there. But honestly, people are looking to partner with other people who just present themselves, who aren't trying to sell them a lie, who aren't trying to pitch them something that they don't need. They want you to come to them with your expertise and your knowledge. So the more that you know about what it is that you're selling, the more trust uh, that you're going to establish with those clients. And the more they're going to come to you, even when they might not need maybe something that you specifically have, but they feel like, gosh, you would be a good resource to kick that around with. So let's reach out. And then, you know, relationships just grow from there. So definitely just believe and know exactly what it is that you are going to sell. So you started by talking about authenticity, but now you're really talking about partnership, and that requires listening. You really are a great listener. You know, how much do you think that contributes to your success? Oh, goodness. I think listening contributes a great deal to my success, um, especially in the sense that I can be connecting with someone, with a client, or, you know, even someone that I don't work with yet and just hear them mention where maybe they have some pain points with some things they're doing in research now or tools that they're using. And I can take that information and help them to understand things that I am aware of that could, you know, lessen that pain for them. Even like I said earlier, if it's something that I don't have, I'm at conferences a lot. I'm at networking events, wire, which of course you know about different things. So I've been exposed to so many different types of products, um, capabilities, tool sets throughout the industry. And just being able to offer up that knowledge, even if it doesn't directly benefit me, but I know that it can help them. Um, I think that really helps in the long term. Well, Tacey, you are a good resource, and so we'll leave it there. Make sure that you reach out to Tacey if you have questions. And it's like she said, it may not be about directly what she sells, but she may have a good contact for you. Now, Tacey has a difficult name, so I'm going to let her spell it for you. And I really want to, you know, just encourage you to go out on LinkedIn and find her, make a connection, and see, you know, where you can start a conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And my first name, just like you said, Tacey, T-A-C-I-E. And my last name is Avedikian, A-V-E-D-I-K-I-A-N. So I would love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn that wants to look me up. See, you and I have um, more unusual names. And actually, it's a super nice trait for LinkedIn. People really can find us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they'll find another one out there. (laughs) No, I don't think so. It'd be great. Well, Tacey, thanks for being on with us. No problem. Thank you. 
That wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening to Ponderings from the Perch. If you like this content, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you downloaded this podcast. It's how people find our show. Have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.